Hey guys, it's Freya and Hook. Today we're talking about how you know when it's time to call it quits with a relationship. This is something that I've gotten a lot of asks about and we haven't really addressed in the podcast. We've talked about communication before, but we haven't really talked about this one. So I wanted to make sure that we took some time to really talk about how to do that, when you know it's time to do that, and kind of dive deep into it. With that being said, I want to give a disclaimer that if you are scared of your partner or you're scared in your relationship, then you do need to get out. And I would recommend you just skip to the end of the podcast. In the past, in the last five minutes or so, we'll probably talk about that more in depth and kind of how you get through that. But you're not going to need to listen to any of the stuff in the middle because it's not going to apply to your situation. <laughs> it's just so time to go. <laughs> it's just time to go. So with that being said, I'm going to kind of pass the mic over to Huck because... I'm going to let him drive this one today, and I'll definitely be chiming in, but Huck's going to be kind of leading this podcast. Yeah, so I've often been introduced to a lot of these questions as Freya has been going through her Tumblr and other social media platforms and kind of like weighing in a little bit. So I was really interested in it, especially since so many people are asking the question. And so, you know, relationships are all unique. And so I think that one of the really important first asks, just kind of trying to do a blanket approach to all this stuff is how long have you been in the relationship with the person? And the reason why I think that is so important is because things that seem like really big deals in the beginning, once you've been with them for a couple of years, they really aren't that big of a deal. And you can also start to slowly get to know people. Plus people will like grow and change as time goes on. And I think that all of that can really add into why it's so important to know. I would say, though, that there are some things that are going to be big red flags in the beginning that you should definitely take seriously. Definitely. So, like, a fundamental difference of opinion on political issues or how you interact with your family or things like that are going to be big, big, big red flags. Just go ahead and get out early if that's the case. Also, uh, if they are pressuring you to do anything sexually or... Or anything. If, anything. They're, if, they're, if they're coercing you, that's that's like number one rule for just like, fuck them, get out. Yeah, time to go. So yeah, so like there are some things that seem like a big deal at the beginning that end up being smoothed out over time. There are also some things that seem like a big deal at the beginning because they are a big deal. So if your hackles are up, if you are feeling like this is not a good thing, then just go ahead and get out. Earlier the better. Yeah. And I think that also the the longer people have, how can I word this? The more experiences that people have with their different partners, I think the more skilled they become at actually being able to diagnose the problems that they have in the relationship and being able to identify those red flags. So, you know, if you're new to dating, then I would definitely suggest talking with other people about your relationship. And if anyone ever complains about the fact that you're doing that, that's an automatic red flag. Absolutely. Yeah. They shouldn't be telling you that you can't talk to your friends or family about things that are going on in your relationship. They should be happy that you're doing that or at least neutral. Yeah. And so diagnosing it, I think not only do you have to have some experience with relationships and the ability to communicate about them, but you of course need to have self-awareness, which is something that we talked about a lot in a past episode. So I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that if you're interested in the topic. And with that said, you know, diagnosing it is really about what you want and if your needs aren't being met and that's one of the reasons that you're questioning whether or not you should go and the only thing that's 
like got you hesitant is the fact that you care about this person and you have like a sort of nurturing personality and you don't want them to feel bad when you leave. That's not a good enough reason, in my opinion. I would push back on that, though, and I would say if that's happening, then bring it up to your partner. Right. Absolutely. This shouldn't be a vacuum. You're not just thinking these things in space. Like, you actually bring it to your partner and say, I am I need this in my relationship, and can you provide that for me? Right. And so, yeah. Don't just peace out. Right. So step one is diagnosing what the issues are. Step two is communicating it to them. And, you know, the, the next kind of questions are, like, really, are these things that are going to be fixable? You know, like, are you thinking about leaving your partner because they snore too much? That That's what I would consider to be a, a light issue because there are ways around it. But perhaps for someone who is a really sensitive sleeper, that would be plenty of reason for them to go. Um, but ideally, you'd be able to work around it by finding a different sleeping situation. Like, literally, that's what we are in right now. It's yeah. like... Sometimes we share beds, sometimes we don't. Yeah, and like we are lucky enough to have a situation where we have two beds right now, uh, and actually when we were in Philly as well. But like, if you don't have that situation, then somebody has to sleep on the couch and you take turns. You you figure out like get earplugs. Like there are ways around it so that it doesn't it put a huge impact on your sleeping schedule and your relationship because that is a it really is a big deal it's like one of the number one reasons why couples split up is because of snoring right <laughs> i think another one too is like one that applies to both roommates and partners which is that you, you you're kind of obligated to stick to the the person with the lowest tolerance for mess and so if you're the kind of person that needs a pristine household and you're start living with your partner and then realize that they tend to leave their food all over the place and don't do dishes, etc. then, I mean, that's another one of those where, like... You guys have to address it. Yeah, you have to communicate about it and then and then see. But see, this is the thing. is like, And I think this leads into another really good question, which is, is it fixable? I would say those things are fixable. Yeah. I would say, like, your partner is sloppy, your partner is, like, snoring, your partner is you know, who knows, leaving their shoes at the door, whatever. Like, these are things that are fixable. If you address it with your partner and they're like, oh, shit, yeah, I didn't realize it bothered you. I will work on that. Then great. And I guess that's like that. I would say that's the biggest thing is, is your partner willing to work on it? If they're not, then it's not fixable. Right. And like, I would say that most things are probably going to be fixable. And so so what that comes down to is if you end up finding yourself in a situation where you're communicating about these things, with your partner and they start using fallacies like trying to do a false dichotomy and making it seem like there are actually less options to fix it than there than there are in reality time to go like that's just one of those things that would be definitely a line in the sand for me yes absolutely can you explain to our listeners false dichotomy because not all of them right so it basically just means that someone is being mischievous in their rhetoric and suggesting that there are, are is only one to two ways to fix something and everything else is just outrageous or impossible. That, that's what a false dichotomy is. And that would be something I would consider would be a huge red flag. This is a person who's playing games with you and they're fucking around with what you understand about reality and your own life and that's not okay. Yeah. And so, you know, on the flip side of that, while most things do have options to fix, there, there is the other side of that, which is what I call reasonable asks. And so the thing about that is sometimes when you ask, 
your partner to fix something in a certain way, it might come off as being unreasonable. It might be unreasonable. And then for there, example, uh, uh, that's a tough one for me. Okay. So I would say a reasonable ask would be, can you help me out? Like I'll do the dishes if you put them away. Right. That would be a reasonable ask. Right. An unreasonable ask would be... You need to stop hanging out with your family. Yeah. Yeah. That would be an unreasonable ask. Like, your family is toxic, and so it's either me or them. Like, that that would be an unreasonable ask. And there is a possibility that you're the person who's asking something unreasonable. If your partner has a toxic family, and you don't want them to be around them, is it reasonable for you to ask them not to be around them? Because that's their family. Like, that's tough. Yeah. And it might be a reason to go because yeah. you don't need that in your life. <laughs> so if it's reasonable, if it's unreasonable for either of you, then that's time. I would say that's time to call it quits. Yeah. If you think I can't reasonably ask this person to leave their family, but I also cannot be around them and their family, then it's time to go. So let's say that you, you find a situation where you're being reasonable and they're still unwilling to, to meet you where you need to be met. And it's and you do decide that it's time to go, and you find yourself in a situation like some I don't even know what to call them uh, ex friends of mine, who I actually had to stop socializing with because their relationship was so nasty that after I actually got close to seeing it, I I just couldn't bear to to be witness to it and not do anything about it. And one of the reasons that the female in the relationship refused to leave was because she felt financially trapped and she felt as though there was this sort of like financial dominance that was going on, at least in my opinion. So that's actually more my opinion than hers because her husband was basically paying for all of her debt. She was working part time and he was paying off like all the household bills. And, and she was in school at the time. Too, she right? was in school and he was paying all those bills. And so if she left, she felt as though she would have no financial options. I'll also say that she had a very unhealthy relationship with her family, so she wasn't in a very privileged situation where she could just go move back in with her parents. So it was a very real situation, but... So aside from his financial dominance, the relationship also was very unhealthy. Oh, all the way. Yeah. He, like, without going into too many details, it was a very... It was a very misaligned sexual dynamic that they had, and it was really unhealthy for... Her, and I would say for him, too. And then they tried to rope other people into it. Yeah. So it wasn't, it was It was a bad situation, and she felt like she couldn't get out of it. Aside from the fact she was married, she was financially pretty much pegged into the situation that really sucked. Yeah. So if that happens, what would you suggest that somebody does? That's one of those tough ones, because it's, it's really all going to be up to sort of serendipity on that one. There's so many variables, like... And, and what, how, how, how can I word this? You know, whenever I found myself in a situation like that, you know, I lived in the woods. I lived in a bus. You're also a white man. Exactly. So and that's really what I mean. From her situation. So like it, it, you really have to look around your region experiences, obviously your social network. That would be the first one that people would turn to, but she didn't even have one of those. So, I mean, I guess I actually feel like this would be one of those, like, if this is your situation, skip to the end, <laughs> because you're going to have to, you have to get out. Yeah. So we can dive more into that. But if you are not as trapped as this person is financially, if you're not as trapped as this person is, like, let's say 
with a living situation, but it's just tough, then rely on your support system and get yourself out of there. But again, this is stuff we got to talk about at the end. Yeah. So about different experiences that you've had, you know, we've been talking a bit about a third party, like when, what kinds of times have you been in a relationship and you just knew that it was time to go? Well, I'll kind of go through this, like in little situations, like where I was just like casually dating people. If I found out that, like I said, our politics were diametrically opposed, I was like, this has got to stop. It's interesting because we, we have a little bit of that going on, but. They're not diametrically opposed though. Oh, okay. I was misunderstanding the word. So yeah. it's slightly different, but not diametrically. Exactly. Okay. Like we we both believe all cops are bastards. We yeah. both believe Black Lives Matter. You know, like there are some fundamental things that we agree on that while one of us doesn't vote, <clears throat> <laughs> voting is an act of violence. Okay. Uh. So yeah. So there are some things we disagree on, but it's not something that's bad enough for us to split up. And. I would say those are issues that you can work on. But yeah, if, if you are diametrically opposed to the person that you're dating politically or socially, then yeah, that, that definitely is, is a reason to get out of there. And that's something that you will figure out early on. I also, I will say like for the longest relationship of my life, uh, I, we were terrible at fighting. And that was honestly like, it's going to sound really dumb, but that was the biggest reason that like we couldn't do it. Like I would have opinions about things. He would have, he would say he had zero opinion about the thing. And then later I would, he would like bring it up in a fight and I'd be like, wait, but you were fine with this the past 19 times that it happened and you're bringing it up now as some sort of ammunition when I have absolutely no reason to think that you had a problem with it. And it wasn't even stuff that like I should have known he would have a problem with. It was just stuff that like, he would be like, oh, remember that time you did blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, wait, what? I've done that for years. Like, why is this a problem now? So that was a situation where I was like, we, we even tried like couples counseling and the, the therapist was like, wow, you guys don't hate each other. You must be destined to be together forever. And that wasn't the case. We just constantly like, we were bad at fighting. We would talk in circles around each other and it never went anywhere until one of us would be like, I can't do this anymore. And like leave the room and just like storm out. And then the next day we'd be like, oh yeah, nothing happened. And that was not healthy. So eventually that got to be too much and I had to leave the relationship. And the other one that I was like, it's time to go was because I was dating like the equivalent of a human slug. <laughs> he just had no emotions except for when he had them, they were just anger or drunkenness and they were terrible and everything was awful all the time. And I was completely miserable and also scared of him. So again, I would say like, we're going to have to skip to the end for that one. But yeah, so those are a couple situations where I was just like, I've tried, I've done everything I can. And with the shorter podcast, I can't get into too much detail, but it was very apparent that it was time to go. I, and I really had done everything I could do. I was living with these people and it just, it wasn't, it was not fixable. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to skip past a lot of the, the more obvious ones, like being with a partner who's a gas lady and stuff like that, and who just refuses to communicate. Because, you know, I think we've pretty much just covered that to death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other things that have happened with me is, like, I guess I'll call it roommate syndrome. Like, what ended up happening with many of my previous partners is 
we didn't have sex for like months and neither of us was really trying to initiate it. And there was frequent conversation about how are we even dating anymore or are we just roommates? Actually, I'm not sorry to interrupt yeah. interject, but that was the biggest issue with the second biggest issue with the slug was also there was no sex. Yeah. And so, you know, during times of stress, sometimes the libido can take a hit. But when it when it stretches on for that long and neither partner seems to be doing anything about it, that that's been one of the things that has caused me to leave. And, you know, even one of those situations was pretty rough because I, I, can I word this? I didn't know how good relationships could be at the time. And my partner was very happy in our relationship. And so I ended up staying until <laughs> I found myself for the very first time in my life cheating on her with someone else. And that was the moment for me. I was just like, you know what? If I'm actually willing to go this far in this relationship to, you know, break trust, then that's fucking it. Yeah. If you are, if you find yourself in a situation where you're cheating on the other person, that is a huge red flag. Um, If you guys are in a monogamous relationship, obviously, if you're not, then cheating would be if you do this without telling your partner. Right. So yeah, that would be a big ass red flag. I, felt like with the, the, the slug, I wanted to cheat on him a lot, but it, honestly, like I just didn't have the opportunity because we fucking lived together. So, <laughs> and he never went anywhere. So I would have to have gone over to somebody else's house, but I just, I would rather end the relationship than do that. But that was the thing was when I felt like I wanted to sleep with somebody else, then I was like, oh yeah, that's obviously. That's yeah. that's when it. you're thinking about your coworker sexually more than you're thinking about your partner. Or literally your Uber driver, anybody <laughs> the guy you saw walking the dog. Like it's <laughs> when it gets like that, you're like, yes, yeah, it's yeah. time to end. And, and that's one of the things I think that's really important to keep in mind, even if you, you're in a relationship, even if you're later in your life, is there are a lot of fish in the sea. And you might think that it really sucks to go out and date. And honestly, there's a lot of really reprehensible things about dating. But with that being said, you know, like there was this this phrase that I had picked up, I think from Stephen King or someone, that was talking about reading books. And there's so many fucking books out there that basically if you start reading one and you start to get bored, throw it away and go get another one. And that's really how I approach relationships too. I hate that so much. <laughs> I hate that so much because that is so lazy. Like, it's a relationship. It's not a book. Right. And to physically just be like mm, i'm a little bit bored in this relationship i'm gonna throw it away Bye. is bullshit <laughs> and i i am gonna come right out here and say this on this podcast yeah. i wholeheartedly disagree with that if you're bored with a book like yeah get a different book but a relationship that you spent however long building like it's not that casual and it's not okay to just chuck it out the window yeah i mean i think that as listeners have picked up on you and I are both the kinds of people that put a lot of work into relationships and especially communication. Yeah. So I think that part goes without saying like the re- one of the reasons that why we like using the term partner is because it is a partnership. It's something it is. that it is. A, it's a project that you're collaborating on and that both of you need to be putting effort into or however many you have. <laughs> now, with that being said, you know, if you're only in the relationship because you are supporting this person in one form or fashion, then, yeah, I mean, time to go. Or if you're a young person 
and you're just wondering what other relationships would be like, even though the one that you're in right now is good. Yeah. Fucking go experience more people. Sorry. I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah. Like, I think if you're 19 and this is the first relationship you've ever had, like, please don't marry that person. Please don't, like, tie yourself down. Like, explore other things. But being bored or being curious is not a relationship or not a reason to leave somebody. It's something you can work on, I think. And if, if after you work on it, you're still feeling those way, those things, then, like, yeah, then it's time to go. But you don't just throw in the towel the first time you're like, I'm a little bit bored. I kind of want to read another book. Like, that's not... It's not throwing in the towel. Because, you know, it's one of those things where it's hiring is guessing, firing is knowing. That's how I approach it. Sure. Uh, you are not... Yeah, all right. <laughs> See, this is why I need to start a Huck Twitter, so I can I can get out there in the, in the Twitter world and ask other people to see, like, if I'm... <laughs> if I have a minority opinion here or not. <laughs> I think you definitely do. <laughs> At least in this room. <laughs> I guess between the two of us, you have a 50% opinion on it. Yeah. So, But I feel like I have the majority. <laughs> I have the followers. Anyway, next thing would be fallout for after you decide that it's time to end the relationship. There is going to be fallout. And that was actually one of the biggest things that kept me from leaving my past two serious relationships was the fallout. The first one was because we would have to tell, we had so many mutual friends. We had so much shit tied up together, like, like belongings and apartment and cat and dog and family and friends and just telling everyone honestly, like kept me with him for way, way longer than it should have. Because I just like, I was like, this is going to be so much harder to leave him than it is to stay with him. And eventually it was harder to stay with him than it was to leave. And that's actually, I would say that's, that's a big thing. If you feel like you actually realize it is harder to stay with this person than it is to leave them, then it's time to go. And I did it and it was really, really, it was really hard. It, I'm not gonna lie to you. It was really hard. And there was one point where I remember sitting completely naked on a towel on a couch in a shitty studio apartment that had no air conditioner with a broken ankle and I was just like, I'm so happy right now. Like <laughs> pouring sweat, completely physically miserable, but so happy that I was out of that relationship. And it was the same thing with the other relationship. It was the hard thing was leaving him because I was scared of him. And I didn't, I didn't know what he was going to do when we ended things. And I finally got him out of the living situation. And I found myself like one day, like laying in bed, shaking, from anxiety because I was so freaked out about how I was going to pay these bills by myself and like, what am I going to do? But I was still happier than I was when I was, when I was with him. So get, just get the fuck out of it. Just get out of it. I promise you, you will be happy that you did it. But what I did in both situations was I made sure I shored up support for myself. And so that's the important thing when you're, breaking up with somebody you like and let's assume you're not scared of this person we are going to get to that in a little bit but when you're breaking up with somebody you got to shore up support for yourself have people that will help you move if you live together have people that will help you if you can't take your cat or your dog into your next place that you're going to live have someone that can take them for you have someone willing to swing a baseball bat if you've got a friend like that. absolutely and again that like i guess you know what we'll just go ahead and dive into it if you're scared part well one thing i want to 
talk about. And this okay. can this can also kind of go into this. It's a little bit about fallout. It's a little bit about being scared. I did have one relationship that I was in where I knew that the partner was on antidepressants, but they had never spoken about suicide before. And then when I broke up with them, they went missing and were later found Jane Doe in the hospital after attempting suicide. And so on the one hand, you might feel trapped if you're with a partner who actually does talk about this kind of stuff. And on the other hand, you know, you might, you might even think about shoring up support for your partner before you leave them on their side of things. Let their friends know that you're about to do this if you know that they're depressed. That's so, a good point. So that, that they also get the support that they need because they might not want people knowing that they're hurting and they might try and keep it from them. I would say take extreme caution when you're doing that because it's not necessarily your business to air out their business. Definitely. Also, yeah, you're outing somebody. So if someone is struggling with this stuff, then that could be morally reprehensible to to out them. Be very discerning with how you decide to, to go with that. Furthermore, like you, like, most likely their friends are going to be on their side. So Which if you're like, fine. yeah, but if you're like, I'm going to break up with this person, they're like, fuck you, you're a fucking asshole. Like, I mean, that's... I would expect nothing less. Be prepared for that. Yeah. Because that, that could very well happen. So do this stuff with extreme caution. I would say for the most part, tell your own friends and family, just focus on yourself. Like prepare yourself and prepare your, your own people for that. If you think there's any risk to the other person, then maybe like very carefully address a couple of their very close friends if they know about their situation. Otherwise I really would advise against it. I would say just stick to your own, just cover your own back and hopefully, you know, whatever happens with them, you're not responsible for. If you break up with somebody and they end up jumping off a bridge, God forbid, you're still not responsible for it. And definitely stay strong, stay away. Like, I think that's really important. Yeah. So Getting us, that kind of dives into if you are scared. So if you're scared, is the 24-15 mark. 26, I'm sorry, 26-15 mark. If you are scared, you have to get out of your relationship. There are no caveats to that. You have to get out if you are scared of this person. And what you have to do is you have to tell everyone that you know, everyone that you know, that that's your intention. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, I'm breaking up with my partner. And I'm scared of them. And then you need to tell your partner that you've done this. They know that you've told people, then they know they can't do anything to you. Do not call the cops. They're not going to do anything for you. And all cops are bastards. So fuck the police. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, tell your, I told my partner's parents. And I knew I did that with full awareness that I was putting myself at risk. And I said, I'm scared of your son. I don't know what he's going to do, but he's done X, Y, and Z. And for this reason, I'm scared of him. And luckily for me, they were very understanding. They were like, I'm so sorry that he's put you through that. We've got your back. We're going to try and get him some help, but we won't tell him anything that you've told us. So if you feel like you can trust your partner's people, tell them too. But again, I would advise caution with that. Stick to your own people, stick to your own family and friends and coworkers. Tell your boss, tell anyone, you tell your neighbors, tell anyone that you know, this is your intention. 
and this is what you want to do and then tell your partner I have done this and so everyone knows that I'm scared of you everyone knows that I'm doing this so there's nothing you can do that won't get you in trouble and then tell them that your people are going to be checking up on you and please make sure your people check up on you if you can have them with you when you break up with them great yeah that that was on multiple sides of of experiences that I've had because I've never been scared of a partner. I was scared to break up with a partner that attempted suicide, um, but I still did. Now, with that being said, I've, I've lent a hand to people who were scared. And one of the things that I did was they told me what their moving day was and they didn't tell their partner. And then when they told their partner, they said, and my friend is downstairs who's going to help me. Yes. And so I was present the entire time and I have no problem leaving words behind. And so I made that pretty obvious to the person that they were breaking up with. And so I think if you, if you do have people in your life that are willing to, to be that kind of a person, definitely reach out to them to be there the day that you're leaving. I talked to my whole family and they said, are you scared of him? And I said, yeah. And they said, all right, then whenever you're ready to move, we're all going to show up. And they fucking meant it. Luckily, I didn't have to call on them for this. Luckily, we got it done, but my family knew what they needed to do and they were ready to be there for me. And my friends were ready to be there for me too. Male, female, like what everyone was just like, yeah, we got your back and fuck that guy. <laughs> and I promise you, you have people in your life. I like, I've got people that I've worked with that like, I barely know, but if they came with me and they were like, look, I'm terrified of my partner and I have to move out on Thursday, I'd be like, where is it? Let's go. I will show up for them. So don't think it has to be your best friends or your family. If you don't trust your family for whatever reason, you're not in touch with them or you don't have a lot of good friends. I promise you there are people in your life who will fucking have your back. So talk to them, tell them this is what you're doing. And this cannot be understated. Tell your partner that you told other people. If they know that you've told other people, then they will leave you alone because they're scared of any retribution. So that's really important. Cool. So uh, this wasn't the most fun podcast in the entire world, but it was something that addressed a lot of your asks. And if any of you have any more questions based on stuff we've said, or if you have anything that you want us to delve into deeper, please let us know. It was something that needed to happen. And if you've got people that you know are going through this and have asked you about whether or not it's time to go, feel free to share this podcast with them and tell them that they can definitely reach out to Freya and ask questions directly. Yeah. It's just one of those things where people need to know that they have a support network and that other people out there are, are caring and willing to help them through something like this. And honestly, like if you are in this situation let me know and let me know like where you are and I'll reach out to, I've got over 13,000 followers. So I will find some people to come have your back. That's probably not a good idea. These are internet people. Never mind. Just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the next app you're going to be getting is going to be people who are down to have an assault charge. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, we're here for you. <laughs> yeah. Actually. Yeah. I will backtrack on that one. Don't, don't do that, but do tell me and I will see what I can do to, try and round up support from people that I actually know and have vetted that can come just have a bat ready and waiting for you (laughs) and your partner.
if needed. So yeah, so that should uh, <laughs> and then a, a, a very uplifting episode. <laughs> and this one, all cops for bastards. Black lives matter. I love you guys. COVID is real. Please stay at home. <laughs>